0: I have decided. How many of you have decided to follow Jesus? We're in a series right now called Celebration of Disciplines. Well, actually, the series is I have decided, but it is a series on disciplines. And disciplines is actually the doorway to your freedom and liberty. The more you're undisciplined, the more that you possibly can be in bondage. And so our heart behind this, our heartfelt Our heartfelt dream behind this series of discipline is, first of all, to see you free. Second of all, that you may grow in your relationship with Jesus. Discipline is not about disciplines. It's not about you walking out of here and going, you know, I'm a soldier and I'm a discipline. No, disciplines are there to get you somewhere. It's to cause you to have a closer relationship with Christ. To spend more time with Christ. To know him more. Are you feeling me this morning? Understand the, 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 the purpose behind it. Another thing is that our dream is that we talk about a discipline and you activate it in your life. Today, we're going to do something that you've probably never done in church. In about maybe 15 minutes or so, Craig's going to come up and he's going to lead us into a meditation. Today, we're talking about the discipline of meditation, and don't walk out on me, because meditation is extremely vital and important. How, okay, we've talked about prayer and fasting, okay? Hope that you activated that in your life. We talked about guidance through God's Word and prophetic guidance, and wow, it's a, an amazing discipline. Last week, we talked about study. How many of you believe that study in God's Word is uh, vital, but how many of you know that study is only mentioned a fraction of the times compared to meditation, okay? So meditation is very important that a person meditates on God's word, and I want to talk about that uh, this morning. Listen to this first scripture. How many of you looking for a husband or a wife? Don't raise your hand. You ready? Listen to this. Genesis 24:63. And Isaac went out to meditate. Everyone say, meditate. meditate. This is in Genesis, yo. This is way back. This meditation has been going on way before Buddha, okay? And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked. And there, the camels were coming. Wow, J.O., meditation and camels are coming. (laughs) But who was with the camels? Rebecca. He's meditating, and all of a sudden, his wife shows up. If you're looking for a spouse, you might need to meditate. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. But it it couldn't hurt. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for all the things that you teach us in your word, that if we live according to them, our lives are going to change. Our lives are going to be better. We're going to be blessed because we're going to know you More, We're going to draw closer to you, be more like you. Father, we just pull down heaven today and we lean into you. We ask for your help, even as we dive into your word and talk about something that's probably not spoken of much in church, definitely not in America, and that you would move by your Holy Spirit as we just approach this subject on meditation. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. The author of the book, and if you haven't got the book, I encourage you uh, to check it out. It's uh, at Bridges. You can get it online, whatever, Celebration of Disciplines. I like that name because it's not the, the grudge of discipline. It's, it's not the gloom of discipline. It's not the depression or the sadness. Of, it's Celebration. Everyone say celebration. celebration. Say it one more time with a smile on your face because it's scary when people... <laughs> celebration. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Or they don't say nothing at all. Here we go. I'm picking on you a little bit. I like to kind of jab a little bit. In a good way. Hopefully a holy jab. So what is meditation? The author, he writes this. Listen to this. It's beautiful. Very simple or very simply, listen to this. It is to hear God's voice and obey his word. How many of you know that God wants to speak to you? He wants you to know his voice. Now, don't answer this, but how many of you hear from God? Well, you may not be hearing because maybe there's an area of your life where you need to wait and meditate, and God wants to speak to us. He, he, He wants you to hear and know his voice. Not the person next to you or behind you or the person that's a little more spiritual or a little older than the Lord. He wants you to know his voice. And one of the beautiful ways of learning his voice and hearing from the Father is taking the time meditating on God's word, this word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to separate the spirit and the soul of a man. I mean, it really is alive and it can transform your life. So he goes on to say, and the difference between study and meditation, the study of Scripture centers on exegesis. What, what does that mean? When you study something, everyone just talk, touch your head. I think it, it impacts your head. It, it impacts your head, the interpretation, uh, the explanation of Scripture. And it doesn't mean that when you study the Scripture, it can't impact your heart because it can but I want to let you know that meditation of scripture is somewhat different than exegesis and and and, and the, the study of interpretation explanation because it's internalizing and personalizing the scriptures. It gets very, very Intimate, like the last song that we began to sing a while ago uh, as we dove off into that little bridge, the intimacy of the Father. God wants you to know him in a very intimate way, and I think this can come about more so, or steps that can help you know him more so, is in the area uh, of meditation. Now, let me address this. Eastern meditation compared to biblical or Christian meditation. Can I approach that for a minute? Because what's very unique is biblical Christian meditation is from the East. How many of you know that Jesus wasn't born in Tennessee? How many of you know that Jesus is not American? Okay. How many of you know Jesus probably wasn't white and he wasn't black? He was probably more so tan. And and, uh, he is from the East and the Bible is an Eastern book. Get over that. Are you feeling me? But there is a difference between what we would consider Eastern meditation and biblical meditation. You following me? One I love, one I don't like. Which one you like, J.O.? I like biblical meditation, Christian meditation. Why don't you like Eastern meditation? Eastern meditation is about you empt- emptying, just emptying, empty your mind compared to filling your mind now feel that That, to me one is very dangerous in my opinion you're going to empty your mind well what's going to come in another thing is that I don't want to empty my mind at all I need to fill my mind. Eastern meditation is about the empty to just to come on attempt to empty the mind and Christianity or biblical meditation is about filling your mind. Can Do you see that there is, I I want you to, I don't want anyone to ever mistake and go, ah, Pastor J.L., he's talking about Eastern meditation. The Bible's Eastern, Jesus from the Eastern, he's talking about Eastern. Do not confuse that. they are polar opposites. Eastern meditation and biblical meditation are polar opposites. If you right now are into Eastern meditation, somehow you've gotten kind of, you know, Eased into that, and you think it's all right. I just encourage you today that you repent, just change your thinking turn from it I I don't mean to be mean with it I'm just trying to tell you that something that can really really help you because God wants to fill you with something alive he wants to fill you with his life-changing word he wants to transform you from the inside out and I tell you what eastern meditation is not going to do that but biblical meditation will We're going to meditate on something that is alive and powerful, that speaks to us, that counsels us, that transforms us. So, Eastern meditation, Foster writes, is an attempt to empty the mind. Christian meditation is an attempt to fill the mind. Eastern form stresses the need to be detached from the world. Detachment is not enough. We must go on to attachment. Attachment. Did you hear that? Not just detach, but detach and attach. What do you mean by that, J.O.? Detach from worry is wonderful, and attaching to the promises of God is a beautiful thing. To detach from anxiety and fear and to attach to the courage and fearlessness that comes in your faith is a wonderful thing. To detach from the lies of the devil and to attach to the truths of God's word will change your life. To detach from the world but attach to the kingdom of God. Woo! Are you following me? So it's not enough just to detach. It's just like empty. Don't do that. Just, fill me, Lord, fill me, Lord, fill me, Lord. I have not seen enough from the river from above. Come on, he wants to fill you. His Holy Spirit wants to fill your mind with his word. Biblical meditation is remembering. It's it's focusing, it's ruminating on the truths of God's word. It's remembering his promises and everything that he's done for you and I. I want you to look at a, a few beautiful benefits of biblical Christian meditation today, okay? The first benefit, let me get this out straight out. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of share some of the fruit of it but when it comes down to it the main purpose of meditation is that we we would know the father Go, go with me this morning, that you would know the Father, amen, that we would know his ways and, and, and the promises of God and his word would get down in our hearts and guts, that we may know him and his love and, and everything about him, not just his ways, but his face, or, or you follow me. That would be the main, but I want to show you what I think of three little, you know, quick purposes of, of meditation, kind of the fruit of meditation. Everyone say blessings. How many of you have room For blessings in your life raise your right hand don't get all religious on me right now christians you know we should not be blessed come on shake that stuff off you're 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 a son and a daughter of the most high king who laid his life down for you and i come on he wants to bless you how i don't know exactly how but god is good devil is bad Just good theology. Hell is bad, heaven is good. God wants to bless you, devil wants to curse you. Now, how many of you want to be blessed? Amen. Amen. Psalms 1 1 through 3. Blessed is the man. Oh, what a happy man. Okay. Oh, that's what blessed means, pretty much. Oh, what a happy man. Blessed is the man. Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor seats in the seat of the scornful. But his, look at this, his delight. Say that with me, delight. Delight. Now you got to say that with a smile. Delight. Delight. Come on. His delight is in the law of the Lord, right? And in his law, he. Go, 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 church. He. Wow. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law. He meditates. Goes on to say, day and night, he will be like a tree. Come on, put your, put your limbs out there this morning. Come on, some of you, you just need to move a little bit. You need to smile. Come on, you're limb, come on, tree. You'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in season. How many of you know that fruit is not produced like this? <clears throat> Wow, got a, got a peach. <laughs> fruit is not produced that way. Fruit comes a, across very naturally. And what produces it, I think, is meditating on God's word. It's, it's one way. That brings forth fruit in season. How many of you want to be fruitful? Yeah. Whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall Prosper. Don't be scared of that word, prosper. He wants to prosper you in your relationships, in your health. He wants to prosper you in your business. He wants to prosper you in, in mathematics, if that's your thing, or college. Or He wants to prosper you. And, and I tell you, what a beautiful way for you to be blessed and to walk in the ways of God is through meditating on his word day and night. I'm going to show you another little key, Joshua 1, verse 7 and 8. Listen to this. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all that the law which Moses, my servant, commands you do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper well wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall. Wow. Wow shall meditate in it day and night. Why? What's going to cause you to be blessed and prosper? I tell you, the secret is right here. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. When you think about the Word, when you meditate on the Word, and you begin to run your business as the Word of God speaks to you, you begin to treat your spouse the way that God wants you to treat your spouse. You begin to raise your kids up according to God's way. You begin to do business God's way. Why? Because you've been meditating on the Word of God, and it's got in your heart, and it's got in your guts. It's in your spirit, and it begins to speak to you. It begins, you just go through your file cabinet of the Word of God. Because you've what? You've meditated on the word day and night. It will change your life. You're going to observe it. You're going to act upon it and you're going to do it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Who who is saying this to Joshua?
1: Who? Who? Who's
0: speaking this to Joshua? God? Pretty cool, huh? I think if God is saying it, it's going to be pretty true. It's going to work. If you work it, tell your neighbor right now, work it. No, no, tell your neighbor, work it. Blessing. Another thing that I think meditation will do, it will create a heartfelt relationship between you and the Father heartfelt. If somebody had a powerful relationship with God in the Bible, it was David. I love David. He's my second favorite character over Jesus. A man after God's own heart. David finds himself in the wilderness throughout his life. He finds himself in the wilderness when he's a little boy and they call on him. He's out there taking care of his, 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 his dad's sheep. They call on him and they anoint him. But after they anoint him, he has to begin to run for his life from Saul. Here he is going to be the king, but he runs for his life, and he finds himself in the wilderness over and over. And then later on in his life, here he is, goes from a little boy, anointed, runs from his life from Saul because of kingship. Then he becomes king. And later in his life, after being king, the most successful, amazing king that anybody the world's ever heard of, he finds himself running again, running from his son, Absalom. Absalom. And he writes the psalms, and he says this, Psalm 63, 1 through 6. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. You got to remember, he's all jacked up in the, in the wilderness, running from his son. What a heartbreaking story that his son is trying to be king over his dad. I mean, it was just crazy. And David writes, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see the power of your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands In your name, my soul shall be satisfied as the marrow and fatness of my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you, look, 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 look. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Meditate it. I think it draws a person into a deep relationship with Christ. And before I turn it over to Craig, the last one I think that meditation can do is Help us grow spiritually and mature in the things of Jesus Christ. When the truth gets inside of you and it becomes part of you and it speaks to you, you're going to grow, you're going to grow, you're going to grow. Listen to this, 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 15. Let no one despise your youth. How many people we have in here under the age of 25 just wave at me. Don't let anyone despise your youth. God wants, he's raising up this generation to be armed and dangerous and lethal weapons. Don't let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believer in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Listen to this. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. You know what those things are? God's word. Do not neglect the gift that's in you which was given to you by prophecy and with the laying of the hands of eldership. Look what it says to do. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Amen. Craig's going to come up. Omar's going to come up. Everyone say meditate. We're going to read scripture. He's going to give you direction. And I encourage you, turn off ADD, turn off all distractions, and let's just see what God may do this this very moment.
1: Yeah, so this is going to be probably different than anything you've experienced in church before. And, uh, you know, we're not trained, especially as Americans, to uh, in 2018 to just like chill. I mean, you know, we live in a noisy world, um, noisy in every way, with advertisements and just everything. And so, uh, we're going to do this thing, and we're going to do it for about 10 minutes. So, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do, and then we're going to do it. And um, I'm going to read a scripture probably five or six times. And I'm just going to invite you to be directed in a certain way as you listen. And then uh, I'm going to give you an amount of time of just maybe not total silence, but some silence where I'm just going to stop talking and stop reading, and you're going to actually have an opportunity to just meditate on God's word. Um, we talked about this. I was, t- I was telling Jay, I said, hey, I, I- I'm going to aim for like a minute, but I feel like a minute of straight silence can feel like an eternity. And he told me last night, he just said 30 seconds was like forever. Um, And that's just how we are, though. It's just hard. And so would you just jump into this and just see, I mean, it's 10 minutes, you know, see what God would do. So I'm going to start by praying, and then I would love to invite you just to close your eyes. Not because you have to, but just because it just helps to get out all the rest of the distractions, and like he said, we're not, we're not, this is not like om meditation, this is, this is trying to center your heart and your spirit and your mind on God's word, and let it wash over you. I don't know about you, but I need to be brainwashed in a good way. So, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity to do this, and the fact that we don't just have to go through the motions of how we do church every week for the sake of doing a service, but that we show up here to meet with you, to hear from you. We love your word, we love your presence. And I ask you right now, in the name of the Lord, that you would enable your people to focus on you, to fix their hearts and their minds on you, that distractions would fall away right now, and that we would let your word and your spirit do inside of us what it is that you want to do. I'm gonna read this passage this first time if you you wanna just close your eyes and just take it in. Just listen to the words, Acts chapter 16. The crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into the prison, ordering that the jailer keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and he fastened their feet in the stalks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword about ready to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights to be rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said to him, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and all who were with him in the house And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and his whole family. Then he brought them up into his house, and he set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that they had believed in God. This time as I read it, I want you to put yourself there in the physical sense that you'd think about this passage with your five senses. What would it have felt like? What would it have smelled like, looked like, sounded like, tasted like? As you hear of the the beatings and the imprisonment and the singing, just imagine that you're there physically taking it in with your senses. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore their garments off of them and gave orders that they would be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into the prison, ordering that the jailer keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison, and he fastened their feet in the stocks. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying And singing hymns to God. And all the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. And so the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately the doors were opened. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. And the jailer awoke, saw the prison doors open. And he drew his sword about ready to kill himself. Supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried in a loud voice. Don't harm yourself for we're all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out. And he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and he washed their wounds. And he baptized, and they baptized him at once, him and his whole family. Then he brought them into his house and set food before him, before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Think for a few moments what it would have been like. What would it have felt like? As I read it this time, I want you to continue to put yourself in the scene, but imagine what the characters would have been feeling emotionally or spiritually. You know, sometimes in life, we could be feeling something fine physically, but emotionally, we're dying. Or maybe emotionally, we're doing well, but physically, we're hurting. And so in this case, Put yourself there and imagine what each of the characters would be feeling. Those that had given themselves over to the work of God all of a sudden find themselves in the midst of prison. What was the emotions of the jailer and drawing his sword? And Just meditate on what you would have truly felt like had you been the evangelist, the, the pastor, the person of God in this situation. The crowd joined in attacking them And the magistrates tore their garments off of them and gave orders that they would be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering that the jailer keep them them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner parts of the prison and he fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were all listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw that the prison doors were open, probably out of fear, he drew his sword about ready to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we're all here. And the jailer called for the lights And rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before them. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds and he was baptized at once, he and his whole family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. i gonna read it one last time, and after I get done reading, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a solid section of time. And the invitation this final time is that, as I read it, that you would let the Holy Spirit speak to you something. Maybe it's one word that just sticks out. It's just that one word is just sticking out to you in your heart or your mind. Maybe it's a sentence. Maybe it's just a thought that has to do with this, but let God kind of put his thumb on one particular part and ask yourself this question. What is God asking me to do based on this scripture? As you let the word wash over you and fill you and speak to you, surely of all things in the word that we can find a way to apply it to our life. So what is it that the spirit is asking you to do based on this scripture? Listen one final time. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore their garments off of them and gave orders that they would be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering that the jailer keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the center of the prison and he fastened their feet in the stocks. It was about midnight and Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and all of the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword about ready to kill himself, supposing that everybody had escaped. But Paul cried in a loud voice, don't harm yourself, we're all still here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell before Paul and Silas. And they brought him out and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your entire household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night, and he washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and his whole family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced, along with his entire household, that he had believed in God.